0: welcome to episode zero of the old switcheroo this is the episode from jawbreakers podcast that inspired myself my name is Susie, and my friend alexis to stop making jawbreakers podcast and start making a new podcast called the old switcheroo you know about barbenheimer here is the barbenheimer episode previously on jawbreakers podcast
1: okay so barbie and that other movie come out on the same day i couldn't
0: oppenheimer that
1: one so the whole thing has been like, obviously, we're all going to go see both on day one. Which one do you watch first? I'm never going to watch that movie. Which one? Oppenheimer.
0: I don't know anything about Oppenheimer. I've thought about doing the Barbie Oppenheimer double feature just because I think it's funny. Right. But I don't know shit about it. I just I just know, know it's, it's Christopher
1: like- Nolan and probably that one British guy. I don't even know if he's in it. I just think I saw a picture of him. Uh, his last name, it's not Babadook.
0: I think it's for like film heads
1: Right I'm not also like I would have watched it When I was 19 I would have been like yeah cool New Christopher Nolan film
0: Fucking Simu Leo wore blue Someone should sue him I don't know for what he's been pissing me off <laughs> This is Susie and I'm here to announce the Barbenheimer episode as a result of activities done on July 21st around the nation and around the world of people going to see Barbie and Oppenheimer on their opening release day back to back as if they were related movies. This episode does contain spoilers for both and does mark a pause for this show, so enjoy it while you can and listen to all the episodes we already have booked up on this site for you. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to Jawbreakers, the show hosted by the Pittsburgh area's top trend forecasters, Alexis and Susie. Grab some candy in your
1: headphones, pull up a seat near a super loud railroad track, and get ready for pop culture news so fake you'll have to wonder if they're lying. claim to fame
0: i did there was a new did you episode have a good time of claim to fame yeah i did i really liked it Oh, we don't have candy um sure we do we have some gummy worms that are hot okay that'll do that'll do pig do you have any leftover candy from yesterday it's in the car oh yeah mine's in my pants which is also just far away <laughs>
1: I don't really want candy. I don't either.
0: I feel sick.
1: (laughs) I feel ill. Like, I actually can't think about eating.
0: (laughs) So, claim to fame. This is episode four. four. It's a bunch of relatives of celebrities in a house. They are trying to keep their own celebrity relative a secret while discovering everyone else's. Every episode has a challenge game that reveals clues about other people in the house. And at the end of every episode, someone goes up and guesses. Someone else's celebrity.
1: If they're right, the person they guessed goes home. If they're wrong, the guesser goes home.
0: And it's hosted by Frankie and Kevin Jonas. Mm-hmm.
1: Wait, so Gabe isn't related to a football player? No. He's related to either Keenan or Kel.
0: Yeah, he's re- he, there was a Good Burger reference. Yeah, I feel like it's Kel. I don't know, actually. But I think it's Kel because
1: record. of the story he told about his like guy, his cousin being like a ladies' man. Yeah, and I think Ken is
0: too Kenan. respected.
1: Keenan is too respected.
0: Yeah, I don't think Keenan would like that.
1: I think Kel would, one hundred percent, do that shit.
0: So he might be related to Kel. Mm-hmm. A few other people have come out. I think I don't. People know. think that. Kirsten, oh, Carson is related to Jeff Gordon.
1: Jeff Gordon, which is a race car driver.
0: And if she's not related to Jeff Gordon, she's related to a different race car driver. Yeah. There's a steering wheel clue. There's a tire crew. She got scared of clue. the tire clue. There's a... her. Someone pulled her actual clue, and it was basically Jeff Gordon. Yeah. So there's that. Then they, everyone thought that she was going to be the ho- the ace in the hole because Shane... And Monet, Uh we don't know who Monet is, Uh Shane is Eddie Murphy's daughter. Some people
1: think Monet is Steve Harvey, but there's, like, little.
0: Yeah, not a whole lot.
1: Very little to stand on.
0: Those two were conspiring to get Carson out, because everyone knows who Shane is. But Mm -hmm. then Chris... I do not like Chris. Chris is the one who's not related to Elvis. Mm Mm-hmm. Ma- Which, he managed to get the whole thing in his little dirty paws. Yeah, because
1: now nobody knows. He knows that nobody knows who he is from he, his clue. Because his clue doesn't help they, people. because
0: someone confidently guessed Elvis on him, and they honestly, no, why? What else could it fucking be? So yeah, that's that's where we're at. Chris managed to get his grubby little fingers all over everything, uh-huh. and he got Cole up there as a guesser. Oh, the redheaded girl Olivia through the challenge which i've never seen someone do yeah so that they would definitely be in the bottom and so she could keep clues to herself and then um yeah she also conspired with chris to get everyone to doubt that carson's person was actually jeff gordon yeah and also conspired with carson
1: yeah and also cole and um shane are like besties so
0: they were every- flirting. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: everyone thinks that Cole is in love with Shane and, and that- will do
0: anything yeah. she says. But then someone got in his head just enough about Jeff Gordon. He was like, well, I definitely know who Shane's person is. Mm-hmm. And
1: well, they put him up again. It was him and Hugo down to which I hated Hugo the first episode. Mm-hmm. I did not like him. I kind of liked him in this episode. I thought it was fun that he was just kind of like bouncing around. Yeah. he's Like a he's so in the middle. Yeah. I-,
0: I liked him. And he's playing a very honest game. Mm-hmm. He just walks around saying everything to everyone.
1: I don't know who Hugo would guess. Like, he's just playing this game so recklessly, and then they cut to a shot of him just laughing. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, having fun.
0: Shane was getting pretty diabolical on her end, too, but she wasn't one foot ahead of Chris. Mm-mm. And so uh, when Hugo was not chosen, I think Hugo would have chosen Shane, So I don't think he was that confident about Carson's I think
1: Yeah, I agree. I think anyone who went up would have...
0: Right, and then I think Cole... Carson's would've...
1: thing worked, if she's related to Gordon...
0: The exchange strategy was to ingratiate herself with people that she, so she could control the guess without being the guesser yeah. and risk getting it wrong. And that was why she wanted Cole to end up going up there. Yeah. But then he guessed her. Bum, bum, bum. Claim yeah. to fame. Over. Oh. Great, show. Great show. Can't wait till next week. Can't wait. Who do you think's going home next? Carson. I, I think. think it's gotta be Carson. I, I mean, everyone knows. If it is Jeff Gordon, then she's screwed.
1: Yeah. My favorite person to watch on there is Gabriel. I like him too.
0: The, everyone's like still th- so far from the truth of his.
1: Yeah, and also I like that he he's like stay out of it, stay out of it, but yet he somehow knows all of the tea.
0: Like I yeah. just like I like him. I hope he sticks around.
1: Yeah. I think he will for a while. And I think he deserves to. And I think that's something on racism <laughs> not every athletic black guy is related to a football player.
0: Some but some of them are related to Keenan and Kel. Yeah. <laughs> actually so let's get right into it alexis and i did barbenheimer
1: we sure did
0: if you don't have twitter or i guess yahoo news probably even
1: yeah probably
0: there's a twitter joke for the past what five, five? weeks
1: straight like yeah ever since yeah
0: for a long. For like
1: at least two like, like i kept thinking dude.
0: that movie was gonna come out Because I thought it was just about to come out for the past, like, five to ten weeks. I
1: thought it was, like, every Friday I'd be like, oh, did Barb... It's gotta be today. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think here's how it played out. Barbie trailer came out. We see that it's Greta Gerwig. We see that it has, like, notable people behind it. We're like, oh, it's not gonna be just a vapid movie. It's gonna have, like, cinematic value. Yeah. And so then people were likening it to the movie Oppenheimer, which is a... We know, without knowing anything, that's a very serious movie. Mm -hmm. And it's coming out the same day. So it's like, oh, wow, it was sort of a joke to put these two things at the same caliber.
1: Right. Also, Oppenheimer's Christopher Nolan, which is the Greta Gerwig of-
0: Of dark, serious shit. Right. The Greta Gerwig of dark movies. I like calling Christopher Nolan the Greta Gerwig. Yeah. But then on Twitter, like, everyone's been- like, the joke was funny for a while- it's like, oh, you're gonna go see Barbie. You, the the double feature. People right. are joking about seeing them both on the same day. Right and
1: everyone's like, No, no, you gotta do Oppenheimer first and then smoke a cigarette and then go to you know, like everyone's been like,
0: Yeah, or it's like, no, you gotta like have a mimosa see Barbie and then like go get serious and, and watch then, Oppenheimer. Right. But then at the same time, I think actually the general public is more interested in Barbie, even though
1: I think so the too. joke
0: was elevating Barbie to Oppenheimer status. I think right. it actually You know, who knows which one's more important. So the joke has been continuing to snowball on the Twitter.
1: Mm -hmm. There's, like, movie theaters that, like, mashed up the posters and, like, are doing, like, cutouts for people to take pictures with both of them. That's crazy.
0: (laughs) There are people selling shirts. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, people doing memes where they put, like, a really bubbly pink picture of themselves plus, like, a black and white, like, smoking a cigarette picture. Yeah.
1: I said on the podcast a few weeks ago, I think it's stupid and I'm not interested in it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But if there's one thing about us...
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll do it for the bit. Yeah. I wanted to be a part of it. Uh, All of a sudden, it was release day, and I was like, okay. This is smart. I'm game.
0: However, we looked at the run times, right?
1: (laughs) Turned out, Oppenheimer's three hours long, in case anyone wasn't sure.
0: And we're not... um. And Barbie's two hours. It is, yeah. So that's five hours a movie. And that's also not um, including, like, any time between or travel or anything. I don't really even know how we landed completely on this plan. I don't really know how this happened. So last week we watched Midsummer. Okay, yeah. In parts.
1: I texted you. I was like, okay, I'm down to do Barbenheimer for the bit for the podcast and you're like i'm picturing us like i watched the first half of barbie and you watch the second half and i you watch the first half of oppenheimer and i watched the second half and you're like but i know that wouldn't work like that's
0: too it's up- too elaborate i was picturing one of us like sitting in the car on the phone right during the other half <laughs> and that's when we put our heads together And then i was like
1: no 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 it's actually not that crazy this actually can work Oppenheimer's so much longer than Barbie, so we had to fight we had to figure out the timing
0: and the plan became we'll just switch movie theaters halfway through the movie, mm-hmm. so if you find a Barbie showing that starts like thirty minutes
1: after thirty minutes Oppenheimer.
0: after Oppenheimer, then if you switch halfway it's halfway between both movies. Mm-hmm. So we did that.
1: So we did and that. And we're
0: here to talk about it. And there's spoilers for both movies, but this will be a delightful episode if you don't care about that.
1: Yeah. Also, we were stressed that they were going to be on a different um, sides of the theater. They were. They were. Uh, So I had been looking at these movie times all day, and I had known that, like, your Barbie started in Theater 10, Oppenheimer started in Theater thir- 19. No, the opposite. Yeah. See? So I made a mistake. I went to the Barbie Theater. I didn't even tell you this. I went to the Usher, and I was like, I'm here for Oppenheimer. it's, And she's like, it's the other side. I was like, no, 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 it's number 19. And then she was like, wait, what? And I was like, never mind. And I ran to the other side. That's why I told you to meet on my side, because I was scared of that lady.
0: Oh.
1: Um. But then.
0: She probably just thought you had the movies mixed up, because they're so similar.
1: And then I was so stressed to go over there again, because I made a scene with her hmm And it was the same lady when I came back. But when I came back, she was literally eating a sandwich <laughs> and didn't even look at me, so. But also, when I came back, I got so confused. I got so turned around. But I made it, and it was fine. Anyhow, I just wanted to go over a couple, um, at least one trailer for the new Exorcist movie.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, I wanted to talk about trailers, too.
1: Absolutely horrifying looking.
0: That was your setup to this whole... Was that the only trailer you saw?
1: Uh No, there was another trailer that... I forgot to look it up. Um, it was a really weird movie, but then... Well, what made me forget about it was the how scary the Exorcist movie looked. I couldn't...
0: You couldn't think of anything No, because
1: it was that trailer that was really weird, and then the Exorcist happened, and I got scared. And then Oppenheimer started. Oppenheimer follows the quantum physicist Oppenheimer. Robert
0: Oppenheimer. <laughs> Wait, also, sorry... The only thing either of us knew about Oppenheimer was that it was not Barbie and it had a guy smoking, right? That's the only thing I knew. I didn't know who he was.
1: I thought it was Benedict Cumberbatch, which I didn't find out until after we watched the movies that you'd mentioned, like.
0: I know you're going to call him Benedict and Cumberbatch. I was like, the whole it's time. not
1: Benedict Cumberbatch, and then I looked up the actor, and he was. It's
0: Killian Murphy
1: killian murphy who is also the scarecrow on batman (laughs) and i was like wait i thought scarecrow on batman was better than cumberbatch
0: it's not
1: apparently it's not um uh, they're on trial they're like in some sort of like trial like um deposition the whole time yeah for sure um just they're the whole thing is them kind of like going back in his past and like talking about like his studies they like build a little city for they build a town for him in new mexico for him to, like, do all of these studies, because he's working with, um, the general.
0: Who's the general? Matt Damon. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Sorry, I thought you had a more specific name for the general. That's my bad.
1: Uh, no, he's working with the general, um, it's, like, top secret. Basically, they're trying to find, make a bomb before the Nazis do, and before Russia. He also was a communist. He's, like, kind of a communist still, but, like, that he's oh, so he was a
0: communist. So, yeah, straight up. Oh, he was straight
1: up a communist. <gasps> and like his girlfriend was a communist. He was a communist. Was, well, yeah. Go on. And then uh, Florence Pugh, really, was like a big communist. At one point, while they were in New Mexico, he went to go see her, and everyone was like, "Why the fuck did you go see her?" And he's like, "Cause she needed to see me." And they're like, mm, "Sounds sus. Sounds pretty suspicious." Why would we trust you? And he was like, no, she needed to see me. And they're like, for what? And he's like, I had, I had to fuck her, basically. Meanwhile, Emily Blunt, his real wife, is in the room.
0: Yeah, I was They, I was wondering about that whole thing. That one point, he's literally like, no, she's chill. He didn't no, say yeah. that, but that's... No,
1: it. no, straight up. That's like how he was treating it the whole time. Yeah. I didn't really learn much about Emily Blunt. It took me a long time to realize it was Emily Blunt. Because of how little screen time she had. Like, it's not even that, like, they gave her... That's his wife. They have kids together, I think. But like she's just in the room to look sad because he's like a m- madman. Um basically everyone who has a reference for him says he's the worst man ever, a shitty genius. He also, oh, he has beef with Einstein. And like nobody knows what he told Einstein. <laughs> Einstein's literally just chilling like skipping rocks in the river. <laughs> He's like, I don't care about Einstein. The last thing, he, the last thing um, he produced was 40 years ago. He had his time. And then he goes and says something to Einstein, and Einstein walks away, and they're like, with Robert Downey Jr. is like, what'd you say to him? He's like, nothing, we didn't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the, he's basically just this- I'm such, sorry, wait.
0: Did you know Einstein was alive in, like, the middle of the 1900s? No. I didn't. I was very confused about the timeline. Actually, I'm just gonna say it now. There, when Einstein pops up, because he does pop up later.
1: Yeah, I figured.
0: And it's a very similar. He might as well be skipping rocks. I'm pretty sure he's just standing by the lake. I thought he was having a hallucination of Albert Einstein <laughs> because it. And, and then I saw a tweet after that said it felt like when Santa Claus shows up in a normal movie. Yeah. There's some <laughs> because I was watching. You'll see, but then, like, halfway through, randomly, he just walks into a field, and Albert Einstein is the only other person there, and he's like, hello, Robert. Right, which
1: is, like, an, a hallucination someone like him would have. Oh, for sure. But no, they have, No, like, that
0: was legitimately Einstein. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, he's, he's, be- he's this physicist that has, like, a sketchy past. He tried to poison his professor. <gasps> um, oh, my God, and, like, is he a bad guy? He's kind of a bad guy. He's kind of a dick. But they have to keep working with him because, like, he knows how to make he's
0: a bomb. He's really smart. He
1: knows how to make a bomb. He, and, like, his whole thing is that his thing is theory, and he doesn't like to do, like, the um, experimenting part. And so, like, that's
0: I where they that come at him. odds
1: a lot. But then also half of the people hate him because he's a communist. And he's like, we don't have to talk about that. But then his lab students start to, like, unionize at one point, And then I didn't really see much after that.
0: So is that where I pick up? So. Oh,
1: did Josh Peck come out again? There was literally <laughs> one shot of Josh Peck, and the whole theater cheered. <laughs> Fucking Josh
0: Peck detonates the bomb. What? <laughs> okay, so.
1: Oh, also important. It took them until, like, the last, like, ten minutes I was there for him to get security clearance. Mm. He couldn't get clearance, and then finally the general was like.
0: Why? Because of the communism stuff? Mm-hmm.
1: Nobody wanted him. Nobody trusted him. None of the other shoulders trusted him.
0: Yeah, so I get in there.
1: <laughs> so we meet in the bathroom.
0: Yeah, we meet in the bathroom. 9.03. Halfway through both movies. I i mean, things were just picking up in the Barbie movie. <laughs> I was half inclined to pretend like my phone didn't even buzz. <laughs> I was just going to stay there and let, leave you to the wolves. That was a good movie happening over in that theater. Everyone was having a blast. Everyone was drunk. There's people using their phone flashlights in the middle of the movie to, like, I don't know, find their cowboy hat. There's a child yelling the whole time. So that's where I was coming from. Also, When like,
1: I walked into Barbie, like, the vibe, I was like,
0: oh, no. Like, for you, I was like... <laughs> also i was concerned about us switching seats because i was like yucking it up with the girl next to me <laughs> like we were laughing at the same time as everything a- at everything and like her friends were not laughing at the same time as her and she was in a group of three
1: oh uh-huh.
0: so she- so it was like them two and us two mm-hmm. and then 903 i had to go <laughs> <laughs> so i get into Oppenheimer.
1: <laughs> did you find your seat
0: I found it super easy. You described it really well. Just the first possible seat to sit in. <laughs> so that was perfect. It helped a lot to have assigned seats, totally. which wouldn't have been a thing before COVID.
1: No, yeah. Thanks, COVID. Thanks silver, silver lining?
0: Silver lining of COVID. We could do Barbenheimer the <laughs> weird way. Um, so I get in there. They're doing science, um, like a whole <laughs> lot of men are doing, like, so many men, like, more men than I've seen in at least 60, 70 minutes. Mm-hmm. They're doing science, and they're also cutting back and forth to, like, the trial or deposition or whatever, so Oppenheimer's, like, explaining his science. Oppenheimer kind of looks like Jim Carrey's The Mask. <laughs> the science really seems to be getting going. Yeah. And they, they're, they like, building this giant model of an atom, in the science room and it's I think it I don't think they were actually doing that in real life I think that was just a visual illustration of how close they were to completing the bomb while
1: well, they figured out oh I'm so sorry this is so important shortly before they figured out how to like how to split an atom mm. oh well like I, th- I believe the Russians figured out how to split an atom which meant that like someone that was in one of Oppenheimer's um courses in like LA or something took his information and so now we're, there's a spy. There's a mole somewhere.
0: Ah, uh, there was a mole. Sorry,
1: I, I'm, I'm just going to say, when I started, I was also stressed when I got into Oppenheimer because I was like, I'm not going to make it into Barbie. Like, that lady knows me. Someone was already getting yelled at because there was, like, teenagers trying to get into probably Oppenheimer. So I was like, they're on their game today.
0: They were. <laughs> we were also like, they don't even really have tellers anymore.
1: Yeah. Everyone they,
0: was working yesterday. Yeah.
1: So I was stressed in Oppenheimer. And then when I was, like, in it, and then I got to Barbie, it took me a really long time to adjust to Barbie.
0: I can only imagine why. So,
1: so like, I'm, I definitely couldn't remember everything from Oppenheimer.
0: No, yeah, no, chime in if something sounds familiar. <laughs> Oppenheimer's, like, explaining the science of it, and they're asking him questions like, oh, well, is the government going to use this device to do this or that? And his answers are always very technical. It's not his decision what happens with this bomb. But at the same time, he is still moving forward with it. And a few times it crossed my mind, he could stop. (laughs) Right. And that was the one thing... I actually didn't see him being that evil. It was just that I knew the premise of... Oh, sorry. Also, also, I want to say... I had, a, I had a nuclear bomb phase in sixth grade, so they said Los Alamos in the first ten seconds Indiana. I was in there, and I was like, oh, sweet, this is a bomb movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't know his name, but, like, what I was like, oh, okay, this is where they do the bomb test, cool. No. Oh, he's doing a bomb. And then it was all pretty quickly unraveled. Then finally, at some point, Emily Blunt is on screen, and she is just, like, crying into a wine glass, smoking a cigarette. That's all she did. The I was so
1: confused. Like, I, I maybe, I'm very possible I missed something. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe you would get more background on her. No. Maybe it was in the few minutes. We both did. There's a couple minutes of both Barbie and Oppenheimer that are unaccounted so for. So maybe
0: there's a solid two minutes in the dead middle of Oppenheimer that gives Emily Bl- solid room to stand on. But f- as far as I saw, it was a guy who looks like the drawing of Heisenberg Going up against Robert Downey Jr. as a man way older than I knew he was. Yeah, he is that old. He's fifty-eight. I googled it, but I didn't know he was that old. And he's certainly playing to his yeah. old, older age. They're having like a legal battle over who knows what. Random cameos are just all over the place because there's men everywhere. David Krumholtz is in that movie. Okay, and they're built. So they're they're moving towards testing out the bomb. Uh, They need to test it out before they can drop it on a fucking city. So they're going to test it out in New Mexico and they have all these ethical conversations where Oppenheimer has things to say about the fallout of it and the range and like what kind of city you can hit or how far down it would need to go and all this they have all these super super long-winded conversations in a bunch of different settings because it's like the hearing and then there's also a second hearing happening that's Mm -hmm. intermixed and there's also him talking to people in the lab next thing we know we are in like a bunker in the middle of the desert And we're talking about setting off this bomb because all the pieces are together. They really carefully, like, moved it around and, like, put it on mattresses and shit and put it up. And then finally, Josh Peck is there. (laughs) Everyone's getting ready. They literally,
1: oh, he had to go around, like, the world, basically, picking his team.
0: So it was, like, him and the general, like,
1: going and trying to convince them to come. But they couldn't tell them why, what it was for. They're like, it's just really good New Mexico's so sketchy. And, well he chose new mexico he chose new mexico because him and his brother owned a ranch in new mexico and he thinks that's paradise that's funny he got offered a position in i believe it was in germany actually he got offered a position to like work with this like institute to like
0: and he chose this
1: yeah and he chose this and he wanted to build a house in or he built the town in new mexico just because he thinks it's peaceful Um, But he went around finding all these people and like it shows him like trying to convince these people. Some people said no. Some people were like, there's one guy who's like, I'm not going to pass the background check. Like they're not going to let me in because he was like Dutch. And then they showed Josh Peck and him trying to convince Josh Peck and Josh Peck were just like fucking exactly who you expect Josh Peck to be in this movie. Annoying. (laughs)
0: That's Josh Peck. But then they
1: never showed him again, so I was confused if he oh, actually went the Oh, no, he was on the thing. team.
0: He was on the team. So they, uh, they got it all set up. They got this whole, like, super patriotic shot of the bomb exploding. And I didn't know that he didn't like doing experiments, but it was obvious that he didn't want to set it off. And he was also, one thing that was coming up was that there was a non-zero chance that setting off this bomb, even in a testing situation, would set the atmosphere on fire and ruin the world. Uh-huh. And then people are saying, "Well, Oppy, if that's the case, maybe don't do it." And he says, "We gotta try it."
1: That Edward guy—is that his name?
0: I know zero people. I know one person's name, and it's Oppenheimer.
1: Um, there. Okay, there's like a pretty arrogant guy in the class, and like the second they like the group gets together, he's like, "Yeah, I mean, this is a waste of time because uh, obviously this is gonna set the whole world on fire." It might be him. And. Oppenheimer's like, no, no, that can't be true. And then, like, every time they're, like, working on something, he's like, mm, clearly, this is, we got this.
0: I wonder if that was the guy, because there was a guy who was getting nervous about where they were setting up the bunker to watch, and Oppenheimer says, you put it here, and the guy tells him, are you sure that's safe? And he says, it's your calculations.
1: Yeah. It better fucking him. be safe. Yeah.
0: You're the one who did the math on this. And he does a lot of that, too, where he set, he just blindly is, like, Not blindly, but he relies on the numbers in a way that a lot of people aren't comfortable with with this kind of scenario. Yeah,
1: that's his whole thing.
0: And they set off the test bomb. Oppenheimer has, like, a break with reality Mm -hmm. when this happens. And there's just this flash. He's picturing everything bad that could happen. There's this delayed boom after the bomb goes off. But everyone's really excited about it. And he has this code with Emily Blunt where he tells her to bring in the sheets if they if it something goes well, because he can't talk about things, obviously. So he sends her a message, bring in the sheets, and she's like, yeah, you did it, you finished your project or whatever. Then they give it to the government and find out really fast that President Truman doesn't have any ethical qualms about dropping this on whatever city anyone tells him is best and they're trying to pick out which Japanese city to drop this bomb on yeah. because they want to end the war definitively. I don't know how the fuck you solve, like, a genocidal party by fucking killing everyone in a city. That's not something that makes right. any sense to me, but also that I think you're kind of supposed to be thinking that as you watch this movie. Yeah. And one thing that was sick is when they were picking out what city to drop it on, one of the guy, it might have been the general, I don't even remember— one of the guys holding the list— crossed off kyoto because he honeymooned there and he thought it was like a beautiful cultural place Wow. but left hiroshima and nagasaki and all the other ones and there was a list of 10 options and they just chose to to they wanted to just have like a high casualties <laughs>
1: yeah
0: oppenheimer's in the room when they talk about all like where they're gonna put it and he looks really uncomfortable so i actually thought that he did i thought he was the only one with morals yeah. watching the second half of this. Because in these rooms, where he, he was always in the rooms with the politicians in yeah. the part I was watching. Maybe he was in the first fucking part, too, because I think it was all over the place. Yeah, it was all over. It looked like he was the only one who maybe cared. But then... Sorry, I need to get to the point faster. They go and drop the actual bomb. Yeah. They don't actually... We don't see a lot of that. We just hear it over the radio because they do the test run, and it's out of Oppenheimer's hands. Everyone in New Mexico is continuing to live their life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then they hear over the radio that they've bombed these cities overseas, and there's this, like, patriotic outpouring, and everyone's crying and happy, and there's, like, people, like, kissing, and there's people in bleachers, like, waving American flags, and they bring in Oppenheimer to to do a speech, and he fucking loses his mind. He's, like he's having this like dissociative yeah. out of body thing where he's giving this speech about we got him and we won. And at the same time he's picturing like his wife's face peeling off in a nuclear blast Whoa. and like everything's like super bright and loud. And there's like really grotesque sounds and, uh, yeah. And then he, after that goes on this whole, tirade against continuing on these projects and building an h-bomb he meets with truman and is like i feel like i have blood on my hands truman's like it's not your blood it's my fucking blood i'm the one who dropped that bomb i should get credit for it you're on the cover of time for building the bomb so don't tell me that you're not proud of your work here he was on the cover of time which also he was staring at his own picture on the cover of time and he looked uncomfortable but me watching it i was thinking why did you allow yourself to be on the cover of time right you must be proud of this. Basically, the people who don't like him in the government decide that he is threatening national security by speaking out against continuing to drop bombs. Headed by Robert Downey Jr., who's a fuckface, hand selects a board to incriminate him and get him to lose oh. security cr- clearance. And that's the deposition or the trial or whatever we've been seeing in that room the whole time, where they oh. so all the people in that room are hand selected to really tear him apart. And the only person who successfully stands up... I'm so mad about this. The only person... They bring in all these people who talk to him throughout the process. And people say he's not a communist. They say that he's, like, a good person. Right. All these witness profiles. But then there's a handful of people who are like, "Nice no, he sucks. I wouldn't put him in that situation again. With current standards, I definitely wouldn't put him in that situation. So they're not sure if he's actually going to lose his clearance. But then his fucking wife comes in... <sighs> and talks so much truth about what a great man he is, how loyal he is, how he hasn't been involved Emily in Emily comm- Blunt? Yes. Saves his ass completely. The only person who is completely on his side. Wow. And then he loses his security clearance anyway. But then there's another trial happening that I don't know if it was intermingled in the first half of the movie, but in the second half, they're showing cuts to, I think his last name was Hill. It's Rami Malek. Okay. Where did you see Rami Malek? I
1: feel like I did.
0: So Rami... I don't remember if it was in a trial. Though. Rami Malek... Well, he was like in a hallway when I was first introduced to him. But then in the trial room, he's basically saying Strauss, Robert Downey Jr., is behind all of the things that were against Oppenheimer. Wait,
1: he's, he's the one who... That's right. Um, Robert Downey Jr. pinned the whole thing on, on Hill. And he said that Hill's the one who put all of this against Oppenheimer
0: oh so they're against each other
1: Yeah, so i think it was matt damon was like wait so who's like plotting all this like who hates him so much like why do you hate him so much he's like oh no it's not me it's hill hill hates him because he's commie
0: strauss is confirmed to be probably behind everything that got oppenheimer to lose his shit but i actually i was having a real hard time following at this point Mm. because i was spending a lot of brain energy yeah that I did not have prepared after the first half of Barbie. <laughs> and they get old. Basically, they all agree that they're going to have to play a role for the rest of their lives because they did something that was really bad. Yeah. And it was historical, and they, everyone's going to remember it, and they can try to remember it in whatever way they want, but at the end of the day, I don't know. They show, him, they show everyone old. They show that Emily Blunt is mad at people who spoke out against Oppenheimer for the rest of her life. She stays with him forever.
1: Is Florence Pugh in your half at all? No. They killed her off? No. I
0: I think he had multiple girlfriends.
1: But Florence Pugh was, like, the biggest... Well, it's because she was straight up a communist. So, like, she was, like, the biggest... He definitely... Like, they call him a womanizer, and, like, you always see him, like, with women, but, like, she was, like, the main one. That's so funny that they stopped... The last time I...
0: She might have been, like... In, like, been, a
1: background scene. Yeah, or, like, maybe well, she
0: even waved at him or something, she, he and I would, didn't would, like, go notice. to parties
1: and stuff. Um, oh, there
0: are no parties in the second half.
1: Oh, really? No. Oh, yeah. Like, she was always at the parties and stuff. Yeah, so they kind of were showing him, like, hallucinating and, like, losing it a little bit throughout the whole movie. Like, in the beginning, it was always just, like, kind of flashes of a bomb and stuff like that. It kind of was progressing more and more of, like, how bad his hallucinations were. And, like, one of the last ones before I left was... When he was talking about going to go see Florence Pugh, I think her name was Jean, he, he was like, because she needed to see me, and then all of a sudden you're in the deposition room, and he's, like, butt naked.
0: Oh, damn.
1: And he's just, like, sitting there explaining, like, because she loved me and all this stuff, and then the sh- there's a shot of, like, Emily Blunt and then, like, Florence Pugh, like, just in his lap, and they're just in the deposition room, and he's just, like, picturing her, and then like continuing to ask all these questions, and... Then they all leave and then Emily Blunt's like, Ugh. she's like crying and he goes, I told you all of this already. And she's like, yeah, but now everybody knows. Now it's on paper.
0: Dude, I can't even, I'm trying to remember like the final thing that it leaves us on.
1: It's a lot too.
0: I really like can't even get to the end in my head again. I remember like it cut to the final like credits and I was like, oh my God, it's over. So that was that. Do you want to hear about Barbie?
1: Yeah. Tell me about the beginning of Barbie. Are you curious about how it ended?
0: I am. Okay, so Barbie. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't even know how to switch gears like that. Okay, <laughs>
1: it was like if you ever like want to rush and like to really like you need like a good brain teaser, do something like that.
0: Plus the added Wait, thrill. Wait. Also, of, like, how sneaking. did you?
1: Okay, so we bought our tickets online. How did you get ticket stubs? Did you go up to the actual like ticket booth and be like, I have these?
0: Uh, no, there's, like, a kiosk at the front.
1: Oh. I just went straight to the movie.
0: Oh, nice. They scanned it. It says to just go straight to the movie, but you can also type in your confirmation Uh. number at the kiosk and it'll print a stub. Yeah. Yeah, so switching movies, there was a, uh, 15-year-old boy working the booth where I was going in, Mm -hmm. on your side, and, uh, to go into Oppenheimer, and he did not- When I walked out, he was sitting... He was avoiding eye contact with everyone moving past him, so I just walked straight past him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I walked out of Oppenheimer, um, he was, like, sitting on the floor, like, five feet away from the stand, eating a piece of pizza. Uh
0: Uh-huh, that's pretty much... He was, like, standing with, like, an empty plate, and he also was looking at me until I looked at him, and he looked away.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And then when I went up, the lady who I had already had a confrontation with... Was eating a sandwich at the booth, and I just flashed the stubs, and she was like... And then I got, I got scared because the Barbie was so much further in the thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so Barbie, uh, I saw some great trailers. I saw the Wonka trailer. Sorry you didn't see it. Oh,
1: I didn't get a Wonka trailer. The
0: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle trailer, that's Seth Rogen.
1: Mm, didn't get that. It has oh,
0: Post Malone in it, I found out from the trailer. Oh. I'm so excited for that movie. Seth Rogen really is hyping it up. Uh, there's a Trolls trailer, which made me sick. Trolls is so Republican. Well, you coded. got
1: that, and I got The Exorcist. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, uh, opens with a baby doll sequence. There's all these girls playing with baby dolls. They're like, dolls used to always be babies, but now they're women, and, like, this giant Barbie that's Margot Robbie, like, lands on this earth of little girls playing with baby dolls. They all destroy their baby dolls and start playing with Barbie. There's an intro to Barbie Land, mm-hmm. which we find out is the real world, but the better version and everything's pink. And there's this Lizzo song that explains everything. She like wakes up in her bed. It's really cute. She waves to all her friends. They're all named Barbie. Most of them, they're also named like Skipper and whatever. We know this movie is very true to the actual doll universe. Yes. So cute. And it explains all of the like rules of the world. So like it's Barbie like brushes her hair, but she just like moves the comb outside of her hair. She gets breakfast and it's a waffle on a plate that she pretends to cut pretends to drink out of a cup and just like puts a cup over her head right stuff like that instead of using the stairs they she just like magically floats down from the top of the dream house onto the (laughs) ground all this like super fun stuff yeah that you get exposed to and then you also get to introduce to all the characters most of whom are named barbie and ken oh the main ones being barbie margot robbie and um ken ryan gosling there is a competing ken simu Liu. Who is just always at odds with Ryan Gosling Ken, and there's also Alan, who is the is such a necessary comedic balance. One, to, Yeah. Like I could not believe how necessary he was yeah. because I think every other Ken in the movie is named Ken. I think so. All the Kens would be like playing volleyball and then saying super gay shit to each other, and Alan's over there like, uh, <laughs> guy. Like it's so good. My Alan's Michael Sarah. Right so fucking good mm-hmm. love absolute
1: perfect person
0: oh so per- for the weird little doll that they made for one year
1: i saw an interview where michael sarah said he ordered the doll before the movie came out because he knew it was gonna be hard it's
0: already hard to find mm-hmm. he was like that's what i did i ordered myself a little doll let's see oh everyone has a job ken's job is beach he's beach ken mm-hmm He's not very good at it. Oh, there's also fun properties to the universe. Like, Barbie, like, strolls straight across the swimming pool. Ken tries to surf, but he it's just like a plastic wave. So he bounces off of it and hurts himself, but he's healed in two seconds. Right. There's this cute little thing, uh, Barbie, or Ken. Ken wants to go over to Barbie's house tonight. She's like, yeah, come over. But everyone else is also coming over and we're having a choreographed dance party. And they have a choreographed dance party. But in the middle of the dance party, Barbie sings, Is anyone thinking, I'm thinking about death? Or, like, I'm thinking about dying.
1: Barbie and, says it? Yeah,
0: Margot Robbie. And everyone's like, record scratch. <laughs> what? And she's like, I'm just dying to keep dancing. And so then they keep dancing. Ken's like, hey, can I stay the night? And she's like, what would we even do? Because it's like, it's like a child playing with them. Right, right, right. And she's like, no, it's girls' night every night forever. Look, the president's here. And it's like President Barbie wearing a sash on the couch <laughs> for the sleepover. So good. <laughs> The next morning, though, the thoughts of death are getting worse and they do the whole Lizzo song again with these little bits of like, and I'm dreading life or whatever. (laughs) And Barbie's feet go flat. Uh. So she goes to step out. Oh, another thing. When she steps into the shower, she's like, the water's so cold. There's no water. (laughs) It's just the sound of water. (laughs) But her feet go flat and all the other Barbies and Ken's and Skipper and everybody's like, oh my god, that's so bad. When something bad like this happens, you have to go visit Weird Barbie. Did you get to see Weird Barbie? I did
1: get to see Weird Barbie.
0: Weird Barbie is Kate McKinnon, um, and she's like a Barbie that got her hair cut and drawn all over in the real world, and she just like lives on top of a hill now. Right. So she goes to see Weird Barbie. Weird Barbie is like, oh my god, you're getting cellulite and your feet are flat because there's some sort of rip in the space-time Barbie continuum where the little girl who owns your doll is... Uh, depressed basically and she so she wants to send barbie out into the real world to go find the little girl with depression and fix it so that everything can be right in barbie world she goes on this adventure she gets in her little convertible to go out to la turns out ken has been having feelings of insecurity because other ken is making him feel bad about himself <laughs> so he's hidden in the back seat and he pops up she's like oh my god you're gonna slow me down you're the fucking worst." And he's like, too bad, I'm already here. So she takes him with her to L.A., but she didn't want to.
1: So she's just there to make the kid feel better? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Also, anyone listening to this podcast can tell I was paying a lot more attention for Barbie. So, also, (laughs) Kate Kate McKinnon makes her choose between a Birkenstock and a high heel. Uh Also, when her feet go flat, she says, Wow, I would never wear these high heels if my feet weren't naturally shaped like this. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so they send her out explicitly. There's a banner saying so that she can cure her cellulite. They arrive in Los Angeles. They're dressed like freaks. Everyone in LA is like, what the fuck? They're just (laughs) like on Santa Monica Beach. And all these guys are catcalling her. Ken is feeling very empowered, on the other hand. He's oh. looking around, and everything's male-dominated. They go up to a construction site because they're expecting to find a bunch of strong women who can help them find what they need to find. And instead, it's a bunch of guys who are like, yeah, babe. And they, like, get really nasty with Barbie. And Ken's like, hey, this is cool. And at one point, he wanders away and learns about patriarchy. He goes to, like, a bro gym.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Bad news. They get arrested because Barbie, like, punches a guy in the face who slaps her ass. Then they get out and they decide to get new outfits. or like these cowboy outfits that are pink. Mm-hmm. And they get arrested again because they stole the outfits. <laughs> then because of their multiple arrests, the FBI is alerted and alerts Mattel that a couple dolls are loose.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> so M-
0: Mattel is now looking for Barbie and Ken because right. they're out in the real world. Mattel is fronted by Will Farrell. Mm-hmm. He's the CEO of Mattel. Isn't that in the Lego movie? The CEO of... Will Ferrell is, like, the overlord of the toys in the Lego movie, or something. That sounds... Yeah. In the Lego movie, and he's, like, the mean guy.
1: Yeah. I think, I think you're right.
0: And then the, there's another higher-up person at Mattel who's America Ferreira. Well, one second. While this is happening, they're looking all over for Barbie and Ken barbie finds the girl at the middle school she has this whole vision while ken's off learning about the patriarchy she's sitting at a bus stop having a vision about where to find this little girl she sees an old woman she tells the woman she's beautiful she's really excited she goes to the middle school she's like hi i'm barbie i'm the one who like wins nobel prizes and i go to the moon and i've i've made everything better for women and everyone's having a good time and it's this fucking emo girl i think her name's sasha Uh i'm sure you got more of her than i did yeah i think so And she has all of her little friends, and she rips Barbie a new one. She tells her she makes everyone feel bad about themselves. She's just like a bimbo slut. She's not fun. No one plays with Barbie's past age five. Just goes, lays into her. Barbie is crying. Barbie's having a breakdown. She goes outside the middle school. Mattel picks her up in a black van because they've been looking for her ken's like she's probably good because he's no longer doing her bidding he leaves she goes back to mattel gets to the top she's in this room boardroom full of men and she's like i'd love to meet the ceo and wolf was like that's me and she's like, weirded out by that because that that's a man and then she's yeah. like what about the coo also a man cfo also a man and they go around the whole room all men she's pissed off they have a box they're gonna put her in the box to send her back to barbie land she says we should get Ken first. And they said, no, we never worry about Ken. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny.
1: <laughs> it's really funny.
0: Because that's true. Like, that's the, pay- that's the trade-off yeah. of, like, Barbie is the titular character because ten- Ken has the freedom to go do whatever he wants right. without people watching. That's sexism. Right. And then, yeah, so she's in the Mattel office. Turns out, um, we find out from America Ferrera showing up to the school right when Barbie's getting picked up, that the little girl that's been playing with Barbie, is her daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, The last thing I saw was Barbie trying to escape the Mattel building, and she ends up in a hallucination with a grandma in a room. And I doubt you even got to see that scene. I don't think we'll ever know what happened. No. So when I got
1: there, America Ferreira and Barbie are driving in a car with Sasha. I don't actually know if that's her name. We're just going to call her Sasha, the child. And so...
0: So she must have helped her escape. Yeah.
1: America first for somehow um, helped her escape from Mattel. And so it looks like they're driving back to Barbie land. Again, I was really trying to figure out what was going on. They also, get to
0: Barbie land. It's like a tandem bicycle to a rocket, to a boat, to a car.
1: All I saw was the car. Okay. Barbie's like telling them all about Barbie land and how great it is. Um, when they pull up, everything's different. And
0: In Barbie land? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Oh, you didn't Oh, see? no, because Ken, Ken got that. a lead start. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, um, it's called Kendom Land now. Oh, no. And so Barbie's like, what's going on? And, like, all of the, like, professional Barbies, like, doctors and everything are all, like, acting, like, super ditzy. She's like, oh, my God, that's our president. And she's, like, just going up to a Ken, and she's like, do you want me to, um... Beer, you another brewski? And so all of the Kens now are super broy. They're just acting like stereotypical like fraternity boys. Ken has a mini fridge full of beers. And all of the Barbies are just tending to the Kens' every need.
0: Which he learned in Real mm-hmm. World.
1: They go up to what was the Barbie dream house. And Ken Barbie's like, what, what is this? And Ken's like, this is my Mojo Dojo Casa house. And everyone's like, what? He's like, it's my Mojo Dojo Mojo Dojo Casa House. And America is like, you don't have to say mojo and house. And she's like, also, you don't have to say casa. Oh, there's also horses everywhere.
0: Oh, see, he, because he, so he has, sorry, he enters like a building at one point Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that has all these images of masculinity. And a lot of them are like founding fathers on horses. And he says out loud to someone that he's pretty sure patriarchy means that men on horses rule everything. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So he's like, Barbie, I discovered the patriarchy. It's amazing. We're going to bring it here to Barbieland. There's also like a vote on the constitution coming up soon. The constitution of Barbieland. So he's like, you know, at first I thought the patriarchy was all about horses. Turns out it's not which kind of a bummer, but it's about men <laughs> and it's great. And they're all just like the douchiest Barbie starts freaking out. She hates it. And then um, they bring her to like Kate McKinnon and all of the like weird Barbies. And America Fair is like, oh, my God, it, it's my weird Barbie. And the Sasha's like, what's that? She's like, we all had one. It's when you play with a regular Barbie too hard. And Kate McKinnon's like, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then um, Barbie gets really depressed. So she's just literally laying on the ground. Also, the movements that they were doing was so funny. It was so good. Uh, Oh, there's also Ken throws all of Barbie's clothes out of her house. Mm -hmm. And as they're in the, he's like, here's your USA blah, blah, blah jumpsuit. And then he throws it and then it pauses in the air and it looks like a Barbie ad for an outfit. And it just like freezes with a name on it. And then it falls (laughs) to the ground. It was so funny. And then when she like gets down to lay on the ground, it took like. 90 seconds because she like she had to like move uh, like uh, a barbie uh, and then she like sits and then like lays all the way down and then has to like turn over It was so funny
0: i also wanted to say a really funny thing they did when she first gets to la will ferrell offers her a glass of water and she does the gesture as if she's just gonna gesture the cup and And just dumps (laughs) the water on herself
1: yeah and so then she uh gets depressed and she just like i feel ugly i hate everything Blah, blah, blah. And at this point, America Ferreira and her daughter have driven away. Like, they've got to go back home. They got Barbie back to Barbie Land. That's all they could do. They're driving to Barbie Land. And
0: they were going to leave Barbie in that yeah, patriarchal Barbie They're driving Barbie back to L.A. America. And then
1: she turned on the radio. Or she changes. No, they're listening to, like, I forget what song. It was some, like, country song. And then it's, like, interrupted. Now this is the new kingdom. Kendom Land Radio will replay Ken's favorite song, and it's the Matchbox 20 song, I Wanna Push You Around. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Michael, Sarah, Allen pops up in the back of the car, and he's like, Oh my god, please change the song! They're like, Whoa, whoa, what are you doing here? He's like, I can't be there anymore. It's just me and all of the Kens. It's a nightmare. Like, please get me out of there. Like, you can't come to LA. And he's like, I just, I can't be there anymore. They're like, who are you? I'm Alan. I'm Ken's friend. If we fit in all, he fits in all of my clothes, and <laughs> Alan? also, um, at this po- I forget if it was before or after Alan came out, Sasha starts telling America Ferreira, like, we can't leave Barbie there, like, we gotta do the right thing, we gotta go oh, help her. We have- to her. Oh, Sasha's coming to her Yeah, she's like, we gotta fix Barbie land. <laughs> There's all these, like, construction Kens building a wall between <laughs> LA and Barbie land. <laughs> but Alan's, they're like, oh, what do we do, what do we do? Because they, like, stop the car, and Alan's like, well, we got to be able to cross before they figure out how to make the wall go sideways and not just up. And then there's just bricks coming up. <laughs> He's like, that could be any day now. And then Alan gets off the car. He's like, just be ready to do anything. And he, like, fights all of the construction workers. And then they they get in the car and, like, Ugh! And they turn around. And then Alan's like, I'm never getting out of kingdom land. <laughs> so he goes back with America Ferreira. They find depressed Barbie. Also, at this point, they show an ad for a depression Barbie. Brilliant. Where, like, her hair's all, like, matted and mascara running down her face. Now you can watch the BBC adaptation of Pride and Prejudice with your depressed Barbie over and over and over again. And then it just has a clip of, like, 30 seconds of the BBC adaptation (laughs) of Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like the depressed barbie just like eating the same thing every day is really good <laughs> relatable so america ferrera gets to barbie and she gives her this whole speech because barbie's like i'm not pretty enough i'm not good enough i could never make it in the real world like what's the point america ferrera is like i can't believe it even a barbie is going through the same thing women go through every day in real life they can never be right they can never they're either too thin or too fat. But really, they have to be healthy. But really, it's supposed to be thin. And you can be a mother, but you can't hate being a mom. Like, she just does all these things about basically how women literally...
0: Can't do anything. Can't
1: do anything right. They're all. This is all at um, Kate McKinnon's, like, Little Hill with all the weird Barbies. <laughs> yeah. Also, at that point, they're trying to make the president... They're trying to snap her back into reality to, like, control the Kens. And it's just not working. And so... America's doing this whole speech. Also, the Ken thing did not affect any of the weird Barbies.
0: That makes sense. Because they already weren't. Yeah.
1: And so it's like Kate McKinnon, the weird Barbie, and then all of these other Barbies who, like, never made it. It was just, like, one Barbie was just a video player and they had, like, a TV in their back. So all the Barbies that, like, just didn't make it were just hanging out with Kate McKinnon and did not get brainwashed. Once Barbie starts to, like, snap into it after America does her speech... And then uh, the president is like, "Oh my God, I'm the president! I feel like I just woke up from a dream where I was just serving beers." And they're like, "Oh my God, you g- you were able to unbrainwash them." So then they do this whole thing. Also, the whole time Alan is with them, so he's on the weird Barbies crew now.
0: It's just it makes an unbelievable amount of sense.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah. now their plan is they're gonna use they're gonna start with like the president who they think is brainwashed. And she's going to go up to a Ken who's, like, flirting with another girl. And they're like, okay, so you're just going to pretend like you don't understand something that you know Ken will understand. And then he'll forget about who he's talking to and try and help you. They're making the Kens all mansplained to them. So she's like, I just don't know how to open up this website. I don't know how to use this technology. And he's like, oh, don't worry, Barbie, I'll help you. And then he forgets about the girl that he's talking to, about the other Barbie he's talking to. And then they kidnap the other Barbie, throw her in a van, America Talks Sense into her, and then they use her to distract another Ken. And every time it's like, "Uh, Ken, I just don't know how to use a tennis racket. And then Ken's like, oh, don't worry, Barbie, I'll show you how to do it. And they do that until everybody, all of the Barbies are back to normal and no longer brainwashed. And then (laughs) they're all sitting around a campfire with all of the Kens. The Kens, start. it starts with Ryan Gosling and he pulls out a guitar and he's like, let me sing a song to you. And then he sings the Matchbox 20 song. And then it just shows them all of the Kens are singing the same exact Matchbox 20 song to Barbies (laughs) at the same time. It was beautiful. Like, the whole theater was crying. (laughs) Also, the song is such a funny choice. At a certain time, all the Barbies look at each other, and they all, she's like, hold on. And then, like, Barbie leaves Ryan Gosling for seemingly (laughs) and she goes and talks to him, and he's like, what's going on? And they all start switching Kens. And all of the Kens got mad at each other. So now they're all jealous, and they're angry, and they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to fight the other Kens. So they start a war between each other. All of this is going down the day they're supposed to vote on the new, con- on the new constitution. Mm-hmm. So all of the Kens are fighting each other.
0: And then all the Barbies go vote? Yeah. And Alan. And, uh, and Alan. Mm-hmm.
1: And obviously the Barbies win. And then the Ken-, Ken's- Ken gets really sad. Ryan Gosling, Ken, gets really sad. And then Barbie's like, let me just go talk to him. Margot Robbie. And then she's like, you know, once I found out the patriarchy wasn't even about horses, I wasn't even that interested. It's not even about that. <laughs> she gives Ken a speech about, like, Ken, you should just be you. Like, just be yourself. You don't have to be whatever you think Ken should be. Or He's like, but Beach. I'm like, no, you're not Beach. You're just Ken. You're you. And then he goes up and tells all the other Ken. She's like, I could just be me. And it's like, really, everybody's. It's all just about being themselves.
0: He was really stressed about that in the real world, because he was looking for a job in the real world. Mm-hmm. He went to, like, a corporate building.
1: And he couldn't just get a job.
0: Right. And he was like, but I'm a man. Right. And they told him no. And then he went to the beach, tried to get a job doing beach, and the lifeguard told him no, because they have enough lifeguards, and he tells them, I can't lifeguard anyway, I'm just looking for a job doing beach. That didn't play out.
1: Um, also, at uh, this point, Will Ferrell's back in Barbie Land. Oh, wow. Oh, wait. Also, every time the Kens move before they, like, came to realization, they gallop.
0: <laughs> I love that. Uh,
1: but then Will Ferrell does the whole, like, going by roller skate, and then do- they did the whole thing while Will Ferrell's bringing the entire, like, Mattel company. So they get to Barbie Land, and America Ferrer is like, that's my boss. <laughs> I was confused. I couldn't figure out exactly what America Ferrera's role was.
0: Yeah, um- she works at Mattel, and she's Sasha's mom.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Where's Sasha at? She Sasha's with America the whole time, and like she's she's helping them kidnap all the Barbies and unbrainwash them, and then America's like, "I have an idea. Let's make an ordinary Barbie." She could be a mom or not a mom. She doesn't have to be a mom if she doesn't want, but she makes mistakes, blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, she just does another speech like that. And Will Ferrell's like, no, that's a terrible idea. And then one of the other guys is like, that's gonna make a lot of money. And then he's like, alright, let's do it! And then Sasha's like, no wait, what about Barbie? And America's like, you hate Barbie.
0: Yeah, she did. No!
1: She gets to have a happy ending too. Like, what are we gonna do? And then the president's also like, it's not going to be the same Barbie land it was before. Like, we're all going to be equals. We're all going to work together. We're all going to be ourselves. And so everybody's excited. But like Sasha's like, Barbie doesn't get to do what Barbie wants to be. And then, um, Oh, there was also this part where Barbie was crying and America was like, I mean, I just don't feel that bad. Cause this is just part of being a human. And then Margo's like, But I can't even be a pretty enough woman! And then it, like, breaks the fourth wall. And it's like... Note note from the editors of this movie. If you want to pull off this scene, you can't cast Margot Robbie. (laughs) 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 Will Ferrell arranges so that Barbie can meet the creator of of Mattel. Oh, wow. Which is Ruth something. Who is played by Carla from Cheers, which is real permanent, which I loved obviously. Yeah. Amazing. And Will's like, oh yeah, Ruth has a, has an apartment right upstairs. Ruth's ghost has an apartment right upstairs from Barbie land in case she ever needs to come down. (laughs) And so, um, Barbie tells Ruth she wants to be a real person and Ruth is like, I don't think you get it. Like, it's not easy. It's also a real person has an ending and a Barbie doesn't. And she's like, I know she goes, I need you to understand
0: like well, because she happening. saw that old lady at the be- on the bench mm-hmm. at the, towards the beginning.
1: Yeah. And so she's like, there's a lot of changes. Humans go through huge changes. Are you sure you want to do that? She's like, I'm sure, I'm sure. And so then they shake hands and Ruth gives this... It shows like a video montage of like human beings. It's just random like women laughing and having dinners with people and like bowling and like at parties. A whole like lifetime of memories, which I... Sp- I saw an interview that Greta asked all of the cast and crew to send in videos for that. Oh,
0: that's so cute. And
1: I saw it. It was so cute. And then the whole theater was crying <laughs> because they just gave a lifetime of memories to Barbie. And then she's in the human world. She's in the car with America, Sasha, and I'm assuming like Sasha's dad or stepdad, who's like trying to speak Spanish. It was very confusing. And then he says, si sí, se puede. And then they're like, that's a political term. That's appropriation. Stop. I didn't understand. Uh, but then they're driving Barbie through LA and they're like, all right, good luck. And then she gets in and they're like, what's your name? And then she gives her name, zooms in on her face and she's like, yep, I'm here to see a gynecologist. And then the movie
0: oh, ended. No. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, because they do not have genitals before.
1: <laughs> that was the last line of the movie.
0: That's so funny. Do you wish you had seen the first half?
1: <sighs> yes. But, you know, at first I was like, I kind of really want to watch all of Barbie. I wouldn't have wanted to watch the first half and then watch the first half of Oppenheimer and then watch the second half of Barbie.
0: Are you interested in the first half of the movie?
1: Possibly. Are
0: you interested in the second half of Oppenheimer?
1: Kind of. (laughs) Like, I feel like I got the gist of Barbie. Like, I think I got the...
0: I think it was harder to relay Oppenheimer because there's so much of it that we didn't understand... Neither of us understood the value of what we were seeing. Like, there's so... Because it's not linear.
1: Yeah.
0: There's so many characters in Oppenheimer... That are just... That, you like, probably, if you saw... If you had seen the second half, you could, like, think back to, oh, that guy was in the first scene, and he was the one who did this or that. But I saw him one time... Didn't know he mattered if yeah. yeah and also there are so many because it's science in america in the 1930s and 40s yeah 40s there's so many people like they all are just white dudes Yeah, the only way that anybody stood out is because i recognized the actors
1: Mm-hmm. yeah
0: that's the absolute if i didn't know actors i would not it would have been unwatchable from the i wouldn't have known point.
1: how to describe them no
0: no I wouldn't have... It wouldn't have been notable, Did we just
1: watch literally every single actor?
0: Between those two movies? Yeah. yeah.
1: John Cena was in Barbie? He was. Did you not get John Cena? No. He was a mermaid.
0: Uh, no. I don't think I saw him.
1: <laughs> he had very... Oh, that would explain why everyone shouted when he came out on the screen. Yeah. It must have... His first... He came out once, like, they showed him, and then... When they were doing the campfire thing, he was singing along oh, was in the saying, ocean. Oh, cute. Yeah.
0: yeah, no, I saw the Dua Lipa Barbie mermaid.
1: Yeah, she was there, right next to him.
0: Did you see that? Oh, I think it was actually Amelia from Chicken Chop Day asked Issa Rae, like, do you love pink? It was, like, on the Barbie red carpet. Wait, did you see that Amelia was on the Barbie red carpet? I did, yeah. And she was dressed as TV anchor Barbie? Yeah. Amazing love that but she asked Issa Rae if she likes pink and she was like I actually hate pink and I'm not gonna wear pink for a- I love it for this I love it for the mood of the event I'm not wearing pink again anytime soon I can imagine and Amelia turned it around and was like well you look great in pink
1: Uh, I heard that Margot Robbie I don't remember if it was Margot Robbie's Margot yeah I think it was Margot Robbie would like make everyone wear pink on a certain day of the week
0: that's cute. Do you think they did anything like that on Oppenheimer? Like, make everyone chain smoke? Also, dude, there's up. no way. Like, I think we can all agree that whoever invented the hydrogen bomb, or the atomic bomb, is chain smoking the whole time. Dude looked like a skeleton. Yeah. Like, he- Straight up. It reminded me of those pictures of Obama before and after office. <laughs> I didn't really see him at any point not looking pretty haggard, but, like, you cannot build something like that without it doing serious mental damage. Oh, yeah. I think it was honestly, like, the most compassionate story they could have told about him Mm -hmm. to just be like, yeah, it was really complicated. Yeah. And hard.
1: Right. That's crazy, too, that your side didn't even see that, like, he was just kind of a dick
0: no and when there were people coming in and saying he wasn't a communist and his wife passionately said he was never a communist he didn't have anything to do with communism she was able to explain away contributions he made to the spanish civil war that went through communist channels and she also explained away her own affiliation with communism and said she hasn't thought about it in 16 18 years and all this And I really thought that they were just blindly accusing him of communism, so he'd lose his security clearance.
1: Um. Because I didn't
0: see anything else about it. I really. No, thought he would th-
1: literally go to like the communist party. So that's where he met Florence Pugh. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I didn't. I really thought that his wife. I believed everything his wife said. Because <laughs> why shouldn't I? Why she had no reason to lie yeah. for him. I didn't know she was lying. I thought she was like, oh, but at the end of the day, he's a really good guy. That's yeah. why I'm staying with him. So what was she lying for then? She just loves him. She's I think just so. a dutiful wife or whatever. That's crazy. I was really glad that I wasn't the only one that was so struck by Albert Einstein. The entire theater laughed. No, the first
1: time he came out, everyone—it's like a jump everyone, scare. Everyone went and then and then giggled.
0: The person who called him Santa Claus online nailed it. No, yeah, we—it's he's. You can't just put Albert Einstein in there, man. He's what like is a the, cartoon character. There,
1: okay, so you were, uh, Av and I were sitting around a bunch of college kids?
0: Sure I was, yeah.
1: Like, the, all the three people next to you and the row behind were all together? I don't know if you noticed that. I did
0: not. I was trying really hard not to engage with them.
1: Um, because they kept, like, turning around to each other, but when Albert came out the first time, the guy behind was, like, he peeked up towards the other girl, and he's like, that's Albert Einstein. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Did you see people dressed for Barbie in the Oppenheimer movie? No. I saw a couple. (laughs) That's funny. And then in the lobby afterwards, Barbie everywhere. Also,
1: like, there's, like, a little, like, shopping center nearby. I went and I was just, like, hanging out by there and, like, it was crazy, man.
0: And they were... There's got to be an overlap here, I have no doubt. Outside of the Taylor Swift show that happened in Pittsburgh, every vendor was selling pink cowboy hats Every- so, everybody in Pittsburgh who already, went, has- <laughs> already owns a pink cowboy hat for one reason or another mm-hmm. is the summer of pink cowboy hats. Yeah. yeah. Even Oppenheimer.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, Josh Peck detonated the test bomb. I can't bombs. believe that he was, did that. That was, that was the two big things I wanted to tell you, was that Josh Peck pushed the button and that Albert Einstein was in it. I was really hoping you didn't see Albert Einstein. <laughs> it was such a jump scare for me. <laughs> I do wish I had seen the second half of Barbie I'm not going to prioritize seeing it, but, like, if someone asked me to see this movie, I'd say yes.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at.
0: Oppenheimer's cool.
1: I But the thing about Oppenheimer, about watching the end, is there's no fucking way I could sit through the whole movie. I would... I also, seeing the first half, I couldn't watch the first half again.
0: I was thinking when it was wrapping up, because I was starting to get, like, a little bit antsy... And I didn't even watch the first half. Right. I was thinking about how if I had come... If I would come to the movie theater after dark and watched only Oppenheimer, I would have been, like, shaking by the end of it. Like, I don't want to sit there for three hours. No, In a no. movie theater? Fuck no. no. I can watch a three-hour movie at home. Right. Where I can press pause and go to the gym and come back. Right. But or I cannot like, just have sit have it playing
1: there. while you're washing dishes or something.
0: Unlikely that I can sit through Oppenheimer.
1: Right. Wow. Well.
0: So fuck Mary Kill. Okay. That is fucked up. I mean, the obvious. The obvious two are Barbie and Oppenheimer. <laughs> is anyone in both movies?
1: That's what I was wondering. There's just so many people in both of those, like all of the stars in all of those movies. I need you to see the clip of Ryan Gosling singing that song. Also, there's a part where like Ryan Gosling sings a whole song with all of the Kens. That's like I'm Ken. It was cute. But the Matchbox 20 was just...
0: That's really good.
1: I don't remember the last time I was in a movie where there was just so much hooting and hollering and...
0: Well, everyone was drunk. You should have seen everyone figuring out their seats in the first 15 minutes of the movie because people chose to not sit in their assigned seats and that showing was sold out. Yeah. And people were come. A lot of people came in late and tried to sit in an assigned seat that was already sitting in. hmm And people... I watched, like, four different groups shuff, shuffle around in front of me and I was in the third row. <laughs> so I have no idea what was happening in the rest of the theater. Yeah. But everybody was tripping all over each other. And also that meant that I got to look... Everyone in the room, everyone directly around me, I look directly in the face at some point. Which makes it funnier that, that lights come up at the end of the movie and it's a different person. Yeah. I like to think at least one person noticed and just wonders. The girl
1: the girl next to me at Barbie, like, kind of looked at me, but then, like, something interesting happened on screen and she, like... I think she
0: was... Crying. Yeah, she was... I don't know what the Oppenheimer people thought. But the
1: Oppenheimer... So, I walked in. It was still, like, the trailers and all that, but I was looking for my assigned seat... And I was like, is this the E? And they're like, yeah, that seat's open. And I was like...
0: That's not what I'm asking you. <laughs> okay. And I guess
1: I'll just sit here. And there was, like, open seats in the front. But I specifically chose that seat in case, like, it filled up so that way it would be an easy find.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was. All right. Um, okay. Fuck, Mary kill. Barbie, Oppenheimer, Will Ferrell. Okay. Well, um, just because we did that all Will Ferrell one a few weeks ago. <laughs> On the Dinner in America episode.
1: Uh, I think I'm gonna marry Barbie. She seems like the most well-rounded person out of that group.
0: Uh, Probably the most stable, yeah.
1: Oddly enough, you know?
0: Yeah, she's reliable. I'm not marrying Oppenheimer. No
1: shot. I'm also scared to fuck Oppenheimer.
0: A little also, bit same. I
1: was scared of the Scarecrow and Batman as a child. It gave me nightmares. See,
0: I don't have that context.
1: So that's why I have never watched a Benedict Cumberbatch movie. Thought <laughs> he was Scarecrow. You cannot tell me those are not the same person. That is crazy.
0: Killian Murphy looks a little more like a Madame Tussaud figurine.
1: Oh.
0: Well. <laughs> than Benedict Cumberbatch.
1: Hmm. So was Benedict Cumberbatch the one in Doctor Strange or Doctor Who? Doctor Strange, the Marvel movie. I don't. You're the wrong person to ask this yeah. question.
0: Do I know? I'm gonna marry Barbie as well because she's got like a house and a car and stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of cars. Mhm. And houses and friends. I don't want to fuck Will Ferrell. I'm fucking Oppenheimer. I think so Sorry, too. Sorry,
1: yeah. I love Will Ferrell. I just don't want to do this. No, that's know? cool.
0: Yeah, no, you're good. You I'd rather
1: just, I'd rather fuck Oppenheimer.
0: It's interesting. We know he. Can
1: He'll just give you a cigarette afterwards, maybe?
0: Yeah, no, I think he would. Yeah. He's not a monster. No. Yeah. Or, like, I don't know if he would, like, offer you a cigarette, but if you took one, yeah, it he wouldn't be would a really- Yeah. Okay. We oh, made- there
1: was also this thing where he kept- I can't believe you had no Florence Pugh. There was, like, this whole thing where she yelled at him because he kept giving her flowers.
0: I just double-checked on IMDb to see. She's, like, way low down on the list.
1: She was so important in the first half. Mm.
0: God, there's so few women in this movie. (laughs) I mean, maybe I did for a second. again, like I wasn't, I couldn't tell. There was there was no like huge
1: like flashback with her or anything like that.
0: No. I guess it makes sense
1: that like the last I saw of her was like the last they were doing. Like they kind of closed off her story with again. I do. She might have
0: been the mistress I saw, but I could not pay attention to the mistress. That was not the part of his life we were in anymore. Right. We were in bomb.
1: Yeah, I didn't see much. I didn't get that much bomb.
0: Yeah, I don't think he was thinking that much was more about bomb her talk after. And math That sounds fun.
1: Yep. And then straight into Barbie. Alright. All right. Well, yeah. So, here's the thing. I have not been able to stop thinking about Barbenheimer for the last 24 hours. And I've tried, and I just can't. I think we made a horrible mistake doing this. I don't think this is good for people. Um, anyhow. With that being said. I think... I think we need a break from the podcast. Because... <laughs> My my mind is bent. I can't think about claim to fame. I just can't think about it anymore. Fuck Mary Kill. I don't get it. I think it's break time.